Welcome back to The Rookery, everybody, a Gargoyles podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Maxwell. And I'm Derek Murray. And we are here discussing episode eight from Gargoyles, Deadly Force. Yeah, this which uh, this is this is an episode. My God, this is. <laughs> so in our our last two episodes, we uh, we'd already discussed the the first two of the trio we were calling the Idiot Trio, uh, or is Derek calling it the the Three Stooges? Right? Yeah. Trilogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the Stooges trilogy. Yeah, of episodes, each featuring uh, you know one of the Stooges making some sort of boneheaded mistake that puts everyone else's lives in danger. So uh, the first time we had Lexington, then we had Brooklyn, and now we have Broadway pretty much making the last two mistakes seem uh, seem, seem very, very (laughs) mild in comparison, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Woo, this episode. Now, uh, I do, I do want to say, so we're going to talk a bit about the voice cast uh, and then we'll get into the plot. Um, and then we've got some, some trivia about this episode as well. And I wanted to point out that I'm pretty sure because when uh, Disney plus first launched and they had gargoyles on there, I jumped right in. That was the first thing I watched. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost a hundred percent positive that they still had the blood, the pool of blood under elisa after she gets shot i'm pretty sure that was in there then <laughs> but when i yeah, rewatched it for this it was gone it's one of those strange things where like i want to remember that that's what happened but i haven't watched the episode in so long that i, I couldn't tell you no i mean it absolutely is a thing like it was there at one point but they have edited it for various broadcasts especially Ah. for like disney xd and stuff like that so um but i'm just i'm just speaking specifically for disney plus i swear i saw that blood the first time i watched it because i was thinking like wow um and then we heard about them like editing all this stuff and then when i went back and went through it uh for this there there was no blood um so (laughs) yeah but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get more into that. Uh, so notable uh, guest appearances in this episode, because we have a bunch of new characters that we get introduced to. Uh, we get to meet pretty much the rest of Elisa's family, with, ex- with the exception of her sister, I think, who's in the photograph, but we don't actually meet that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we get uh, Peter Mazza, who is her dad, voiced by Michael Horse. Uh, we get her mother, Diane Mazza, voiced by Nichelle Nichols. So another star trek alum not not next generation but still like somebody out there was like look we just i don't care what they did in star trek just get them on the show to voice a character (laughs) i love that that's just a well they keep going back to over and (laughs) over and over again (laughs) uh and then we also get uh her brother derek mazza uh voiced by rocky carroll and interestingly enough there is a hench person uh named glasses Mm-hmm. who I assume is the same character from Die Hard, um, but just different here. Uh, but it's voiced by the same guy who voices Derek Mazza. Uh, but he looks, he, he, he just reminds me of that character from Die Hard. Yeah. And the quarterback is toast. Like that's it. <laughs> I just, I can't wait for that. 
He's not as charming, but yes, he does. Got, he does have that same look. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what they modeled him after. Um, but he is one of the gang members for Tony Dracon, who becomes a sort of a recurring gangster character, uh, voiced by the one, the only Richard Grieco. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy. <laughs> uh, he's got such a great voice. Uh, for this character, he's such a slime bag. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, you, you can love to hate him. And I never noticed this before, but he's got a unibrow going on. Did you did you catch that? I I did a little bit. He is so like so classically early '90s villain. Like <laughs> it's just, and that's the thing about this episode. It's like every part of this episode just just oozes early 90s more more so than i think some of the other episodes like in the message in the way the characters are voiced you know again that that richard grieco character everything about him i was like am i in an arnold schwarzenegger movie right now like this guy <laughs> is just sleazeball to the max oh yeah 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 he's he's written perfect for that kind of a for that kind of a villain of the era um so this episode before we just fully get into it um this episode was actually pulled i think from the original uh airing because of people that were voicing their thoughts and opinions it was pulled Mm -hmm. from rotation um because i mean they shoot a main character and she bleeds all over the floor and then she almost dies and that's not a common thing that you saw back in the day with kids shows, especially on Disney. And I guess, um, yeah, it was, so it was, it was pulled from rotation. Uh, and then eventually Toon Disney and Disney XD made some edits to where they kind of took out the big pool of bloodshot, yeah. um, and then put it back in. And, uh, yeah. So that's what you get. There's, there is a few moments of blood in this episode but it's it's so brief it's like one time when broadway sees it on his hands and then you see a little bit of it on her like her shirt uh, as the medics are wheeling her into the hospital but it's it's very quick they they definitely tried to <laughs> remove as much of it as they could yeah so uh yeah so let's just get into it um this episode begins with the gargoyles waking up like they do and broadway's just in a rush to to go he's got places to go things to yeah. see yeah he's a, he's a busy man now apparently <laughs> yeah he's going to watch <laughs> a, a a western a new they, they make it sound like it's a new western but yeah like western is a new genre for the 90s but the movie's uh, in black and white <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's also got that old-timey theater look and like <laughs> it has a balcony like okay <laughs> Also, I'm going to assume that they, because they, you know, the, uh, was it Brooklyn? I think that was like, yeah, we saw the movie a couple days ago and it was great. Um, so I'm going to assume that they brought all the bagged popcorn and stored it in the roof. Cause, <laughs> cause number one, what theater is selling bagged popcorn? And number two, who's storing it in the attic of the theater? Yeah, I mean, look, I know that we can see how the popcorn is made, but there are all kinds of conspiracies about movie theater popcorn, (laughs) especially when it comes to children's cartoons. (laughs) Uh, 
Well, I, look, I'm just saying it's not okay. Um, yeah. Don't don't store that in the in the. <laughs> in the I, attic. I like. I, yeah, I also like that he uses it as like a like a pad, like a landing pad. Yes. Which, <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the gargoyles have been established as heavy creatures, and he's got a he's got a heavier load than some, and. Yeah. The not only would those bags have exploded, but he would have de- destroyed <laughs> all the popcorn. He, he would have been he would have been huffing like popcorn bits. Like that's how he would have. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm not asking for realism here. I get it. It's a cartoon, uh, but I, I think we frequent the movies enough to know that this is not how theaters operate. <laughs> look, maybe that maybe that's how they operate in New York. I can't say I've been to a, a movie theater in New York, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's I'll, fair. I'll that, give them. That's fair. I'll give them that much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they've got all kinds of weird problems in New York. You know, turtles in the sewers, gargoyles on the rooftops. It's a. <laughs> they got a lot to contend with over there. Yeah. So he watches this western. Um, it's, it looks like a very classic, like Clint Eastwood type of movie. Um, I think like the good, the bad, and the ugly sort of comes to mind. Yeah. Um, but while that's happening. Uh, we're also getting intercut with, um, what is it? Owen is at the docks getting some shipment in for, for stuff that belongs to Xanatos. And that's where Dracon and his goons show up and they steal the shipment. And um, it gets reported to the police and we get the introduction of Captain Maria Chavez. Uh, it's the first time we see this character. And she is voiced by Rachel Ticotton. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she has that very much that sort of 90s captain, yes. cop, cop captain thing going yes. on. Yeah, she does. <laughs> you know, where she, she definitely does. She picture her in the office, just Maza. Like, you know. <laughs> if I got to call you into my office one more time. <laughs> I told you nothing sticks. <laughs> And so, yeah, like Elisa is convinced that it's Tony Dracon who, you know, we've never heard of before, but she's got a bone to pick with this guy. She knows it's him, but uh, she's being told they have no evidence and nothing like that. So she's supposed to just, you know, leave it alone. And of course, Elisa leaves in a huff and she's like, I'm going to go do my job. And uh, she actually confronts Dracon at a, some, some public place. Um, and he uh he's cool as a cucumber i mean he he knows he knows what's up and uh you know i it's a great introduction to the character if nothing else i i don't know there's just something about richard grieco's voice that he just sounds so skeezy he does, like, no he, he just, absolutely does like i said he is he is so classically 90s villain like i you almost kind of want more of him because he is so sleazy and it's it's perfect actually yeah because he's like the uh he's like the complete opposite of xanatos you know like xanatos is evil and you get that he's evil but he's so damn charming that you you know you're like god i can't help but love him but (laughs) but dracon on the other hand you're like i hope you trip and fall on a knife like that's (laughs) (laughs) like Like he calls her sugar and I think baby at some point. Like he's, and you're like, come on, guy. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but anyway, so she confronts him and he's basically like, you know, whatever. 
kind of make some threats. And uh, she goes home to cool off. And she, when she gets there, she puts her gun up uh, on, a, on a coat rack and she starts making some dinner. And about that time, Broadway is leaving his movie and he swings in to say hi. And she's like, hey, glad you're here. I'll throw some steaks on. And he's like, cool, a gun. And, <laughs> and, and he grabs her gun and he starts like playing with it essentially after you know still living on the high of his western that he just saw yeah and he's like pop swings around and the fucking gun goes off and you already see where this is going as, as a viewer because yeah. he was facing that kitchen pretty head on and he's just like oh sorry hope i didn't break anything <laughs> 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 it's, and also, I, I do want to be clear because Hudson says something at the very beginning uh, before. Oh uh, God! Before he takes off, yeah. and it is it is what this is honestly one of the first episodes I've watched that we've done so far where I was I I rolled so hard and I was just like, oh God, we are we are in a kids movie or a, a kids <laughs> show, just so obvious where he. What does he say? He says, oh, uh, television and movies and video games. It's so hard to know what's real and what's not. Yeah. And I was like, uh, message. Yeah. That's the, the context clue of what kind of an episode <laughs> you're about to get. Yes. <laughs> so as soon as this happens, as soon as he's like, oh, a gun, I was like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. It's so heavy handed. This whole episode is like assaulting in its message. Yeah. But it's one of those things like with a kid's cartoon, you think of like the way that your mind pictures that happening is not the way that it happens. You picture gun goes off, hits something in the kitchen and ricochets and Elisa dives for cover. And she's like, what are you doing? Don't ever play with guns. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is not where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and in the original cut, he Right. She like he looks in the kitchen and she's just gone. And then he rounds the corner and she's laying there in a pool of blood, seemingly dead. And you're like, what the what the hell just happened? What? I am 10. Like, what you know, like, <laughs> I mean, look, I guess they got the point across. Um, <laughs> they made it very clear. <laughs> they do. I mean, it's it's powerful stuff. And it's just like you just don't. You don't expect it, and it's especially from Disney. You don't expect it. Yeah. Um, so you know he rushes her to a, a hospital, and um, when the police start looking into it, like a lot of people think that Dracon must have done it because she had a heated exchange with him earlier. And of course, when Goliath finds out about this from Owen, he just automatically assumes that Dracon is the one that did it, and he is out for justice. <laughs> Yeah, he is out for blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just going after everyone. Yeah, um, and then of course uh, Broadway is also sort of. I mean, at first he's just feeling sorry for himself um, and being all broken up about it, but then uh, he stumbles across the someone with a gun and he fucking loses his shit. <laughs> he does. He really he, he trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not, I mean, it's kind of a nice thing because it does establish this, you know, one thing I, I really give credit to the show is that they carry things over. And so yeah. now you establish that, that Broadway just has this hatred of guns. Right. And so he'll destroy them whenever he gets an opportunity. And yeah. it starts here 
and it continues on moving forward in the show. Yeah, and the the other thing I do like, as heavy handed as it is, I, I do like that. Uh, you know, they Brooklyn is is wrestling with his guilt, or Bro- I'm sorry, Broadway is wrestling with his guilt big time. Like he, it's not just a oops, sorry, my bad. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, don't yeah, play yeah. it up for laughs. Like. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, they practically uh, <laughs> she she flatlines in the yeah. hospital. <laughs> they are not trying to milk this thing for comedy. Um, but they could have very easily just had him be like, "Oh, I guess I'll never play with guns again." And they kind of do that towards the end. But he is really broken up by what he's done. Like he, you know, he doesn't come back. He disappears. You know, he is you know wandering through the park feeling sorry for himself, and then he's enraged by these actions. Um, so I do like that they kind of wrestle with that idea of like, yeah, this is going to really affect him. It's not just something that, uh, it, yeah, it's not just a whoopsie and then everything's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I will say this. I wish they would, cause when the reason we meet her family, obviously is they show up at the hospital and the doctor tells them that it's not looking good. And I wish they would have kept this more vague because when he explains her condition, it is the most comically overblown list of conditions she's like uh the bullet (laughs) the bullet ricocheted off her collarbone nicked her heart punctured a lung and impacted in her spine and you're like what (laughs) what how is she on crutches in the next episode no (laughs) she's She's you just paralyzed her. She's gonna become Oracle from Batman after this. And also, it also implies that like the bullet didn't just like enter her body and go out, it bounced around inside of her. Like, like it shot up to her collarbone and then went straight down to the heart, and then just for kicks decided to go to the spine. Like, that's not how bullets work. And I mean, look, I know I know that they can like get inside and do some wacky stuff. But it's just like you that you didn't need to list all that. You could yeah, have been yeah, like yeah. the yeah. bullet punctured her lung and it's not looking good. Cool. Yeah. It, it it nicked yeah. her heart and it's not looking good. Uh, it it impacted in her spine. I would avoid that one, though, because the yeah, spine injury yeah. is just like yeah. she's it, not going to be on crutches the next yeah, week. You could you could basically just say that, uh, you know, something along the lines of typically with these bullet wounds, they tend to be fatal. So we're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't need to go into specifics because it does. It, it gives the, I every <laughs> I watched it and I was I literally had this vision of, of a bullet just bouncing around inside of her organs. Like yeah. <laughs> I was picturing the teacher from final destination that just <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything in her house stabbed into her, or blew up on her and tried to kill her. And I was like, is that what happened here? <laughs> like maybe there was like a five minute sequence that we missed where Broadway was uh, yeah. taking her to the hospital and she fell out of his arms onto traffic and got hit by a car. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe the bullet became sentient and just decided <laughs> yeah. to, to go ape shit inside of her. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so um, so they uh, getting back to what's going on with uh, Broadway. Uh, so Broadway's kind of doing his own investigation. And then you got um, Goliath, who is again, just tearing everyone new assholes, trying to find Dragon. Um, and those two meet up at some point. Um, and it's, it's kind of like right when like, cause they actually can't, they catch the, the criminals and they have a big shootout with them with these 
laser weapons um, that Xanatos, and it didn't that feel very intentional. Like it, it was one of those things where you're, you're not sure if Dracon legitimately stole these weapons or if he was set up by Xanatos to steal his own shit. Yeah. It's, it's never really clear. Yeah. It's, you're never quite sure what the purpose of that was. Like, it does have that feel that Xanatos was behind all of it, but like, yeah, why? But it's so it's so hard to know because you know, like Xanatos, I feel like there's, you know, he tells Owen a lot, but I feel like there's things he doesn't even tell Owen sometimes. So it's yeah, you're yeah. like, eh, who knows? Is he Moriartying right now, or is he legitimately being ripped <laughs> off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a part of me that that feels like he might have legitimately been ripped off. And so he decided to, uh, you know, basically manipulate the gargoyles again uh, to to get the stuff back. Yeah, because yeah. Owen seems Owen seems pretty uh, shocked that he's being robbed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there's that moment where he looks at the. The watch like right before the attack happens. And that's what gives me that pause. Cause you know, he looks the guy's like, Oh, I guess you, uh, I guess you were wrong or whatever the, the security guard says. And, and then Owen like looks at his watch and says something. And then, then the attack happens. And that's why I'm always like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and again, I think that's just knowing how Xanatos operates. So like my mind is always going there yeah it's like i just it's it's kind of a problem for the show because it doesn't matter if xanatos is even in the episode and a villain shows up i'm like did xanatos set this up is that <laughs> is that what happened is that, is that what's going on right now so um yeah so anyway um goliath is about to kill dracon uh when he catches him and um broadway tries to talk him down and ultimately just has to admit to Goliath that Dracon didn't shoot Elisa that he did. And um, there is a great moment here where uh, Owen shows up and he's like, thank you for getting our property back. And <laughs> <laughs> as if he just believed that, that Goliath was going to be like, cool, here's your guns. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> and Goliath is like, uh, nah, brah. And <laughs> just blows up all the guns. Oh, so good. But um, yeah, I mean, that's mostly this. I mean, at the end of it, we do see that Elisa is okay. She's alive. Um, yeah, she, she made it. Yeah. And um, then, of course, Broadway uh, and Goliath show up at the hospital and, you know, they have their little moment. Um, another one of these like goliath really really loves her kind of moments yeah i guess um it's i mean it's a nice moment it's not i'm not trying to cheapen it in any way but it's <laughs> you know um and then they basically stand watch outside her window at the hospital when the when the sun comes up they turn to stone and they're outside the window yeah so uh yeah and that's pretty much where where yeah, i mean like, dracon gets arrested of course and yeah yeah the, i was gonna say the whole episode is 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 pretty targeted in in its message um you know it's very much uh don't play with guns and uh yeah it's it's not shy about what it's trying to accomplish at all 
um, which makes it kind of the the least complicated episode. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a whole lot that happens, even though there is. I mean, my God, Elisa flatlines at one point. Like, yeah. it's a it's a big deal. <laughs> like, yeah, no, she does. Yeah, and then of course you get your heavy handed moment at the end too, where when they go to visit her, you know, Broadway's like, oh, oh I'm so sorry, I I was just playing with your gun and I never should have played with it. And then she's like, it's okay, I shouldn't have put it in such an easily accessible place we <laughs> we all we all made mistakes and we all learned today and you're like thank you afternoon special <laughs> yeah this i'm telling you this is the first episode i've watched where i've had that feeling um because there's so much of it is even when they're being cheeky and they're a little tongue-in-cheek i I've, I've never felt the after school special as much as i have in this particular episode yeah yeah, for sure. I, and I mean, again, to keeping with how they like bring things back in later episodes, they even establish later on that Elisa locks her gun up uh, in later episodes. So, yeah. you know, they they kept up with it. And what's funny about this, too, is I don't sure. Sure. There was a little <laughs> a lot. There was a lot of blood underneath her <laughs> when she first gets shot. But I don't understand why anybody would have objected to this episode Sure, it's a little dark, but the message here is a good message. Yeah, it's yeah. They weren't promoting gun violence. They were trying to show the the problem with keeping your guns out and letting kids play with guns. Like that's yeah. you know what I mean. Like I, I don't yeah. understand why it would be objected to. Well, I feel like it's always like that though. Anytime you try to ride the line of like you know either a good or bad message. Anytime someone brings up anything that has to do with guns, uh, that's when everything goes to shit. Like that's, that's when everybody's got <laughs> something to say. Uh, and, and look, if this year has taught us anything, it's that everybody's an expert in everything. So I, I would assume that the nineties weren't any different, especially uh, when it came to guns. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is true. Um, also, I would I would like to point out, and maybe we need just need to start doing this because I feel like there's like at least one OG moment uh, per episode from somebody. Mm-hmm. There's like one just thug life, right? Like that's like you get that kind of vibe, and it's from in this episode. It is hands down from Goliath. It's after he blows up the guns, and Owen's like, uh, "Mr. Xanatos isn't going to like this," and Goliath just goes. I'll be to ha- I'll be happy to discuss the matter with him and just walks <laughs> away and, and just mic drop like right there. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah, no, he definitely has a mic drop moment there for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um yeah, I mean there's a, a few other details in this episode like we kind of learn a little bit more about you know, uh, Elisa's family background. It's revealed that they're uh, part Native American, part African American. And, uh, and that actual background was inspired by the voice actress uh, herself, Sally Richardson, mm. who uh, I don't know if you've ever seen her, Derek. Like, it, just just look up the actress when you get a chance. Um, okay. it, her, so Sally Richardson Whitfield is what she's what she is now. Okay. But you'll see her and you'll be like, oh, my God, they just drew her like that's. <laughs> Well, now I feel like I have to know. Yeah, they, like they just literally drew her as Elisa, like, and it's it's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, but that's, I mean, that's her background, and so they factored it into the character, and they did base some of the appearance of the character off oh, of her. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, so if they ever wanted to do a live action gargoyles, they don't uh right? They don't need to recast no. anybody. <laughs> Just that's, get her. That is literally her. My god. That's Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's her. 100%. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh and then also there is a uh sort of a uncredited non-speaking uh appearance. Uh, there's a character that shows up later in the series named uh, Matt Bluestone. Mm-hmm. who ends up, I think, being Elisa's partner, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he actually has a non-speaking role serving as uh, Captain Chavez's driver uh, during their pursuit of Tony Dracon at one point. Oh, okay. So, yeah, just a little little interesting tidbit there. Nice. Uh, and then, of course, Elisa names her cat Cagney after Cagney and Lacey, which, mm-hmm. you know, for I feel like that would have had to have been for the parents of kids watching this show because yeah they know 11 and 12 year olds in night in the 90s getting a cagney and lacy reference <laughs> now that despite all the heavy-handedness that one was for us <laughs> yeah so um yeah all right well you got any other any other thoughts on this episode? Uh, no, I mean, really, that was the only thing I, I had wanted to touch on was just how how I felt how heavy handed it was. And I get why they do. It. I mean, I think with this show in particular, and this is a compliment to the show, is that it does so many things so well that sometimes you really do forget that it is made for children. So when it has that kind of after school special vibe, that's not weird. But it feels weird for Gargoyles <laughs> because Gargoyles has so many amazing, like, dark themes all throughout it that you you kind of forget. Like, the story is that epic. Uh, and this is just one of those episodes where it puts that that kind of after-school special made-for-kids uh, themes just front and center. Like, blatantly, this is, this is the episode with a message. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, then uh, let us know your thoughts on Deadly Force. Uh, either shoot me an email, Michael at JackVolnerdShow.com, or, you know, we actually have a Twitter that I never use. But, <laughs> like, if you wanted to tweet at me about it, I would be happy to start using that Twitter account. Uh, it's at Jack of All Nerds on Twitter. So, you know, just, just shoot out a tweet. Let us know your thoughts on Deadly Force, and uh, we'll give you a shout out in a future episode um but yeah that's gonna do it um i have the the quote that i have to end this episode it's a little it's a little Mm long-winded um and i cannot do a richard grieco voice but i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna try yes (laughs) hey i told you i'm not the guy and if i was the guy you couldn't do anything about it in fact if i were to tell one of my associates here to sell off some merchandise to raise some operating capital You couldn't do anything about that either. Face it, sugar, you got nothing.